This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. This week I want to tell you about the Magnus Archives. If you like our show, the SCP Archives, you'll probably like this one too. It's a weekly horror fiction anthology examining what lurks at the archives of the Magnus Institute, an organization dedicated to researching the esoteric and the weird. Join new head archivist Jonathan Sims as he attempts to bring a seemingly neglected collection of supernatural statements up to date converting them to audio and supplementing them with follow-up work from his small but dedicated team. Individually, these tales are unsettling, but together, they begin to form a picture that is truly horrifying. Because, as they look into the depths of the archives, something starts to look back. You can search for the Magnus Archives wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit RustyQuill.com or TheMagnusArchives.com for more information. Links to both of those are in the show notes for this episode. Go check them out, and tell them we say hi. This is our season finale. Thank you so much for sticking through all of Season 2, and I am so excited to be back next year with Season 3. But before that happens, a few things to talk about. First, this December... SCP-1730, What Happened to Site-13, is coming to our Patreon. So, stay tuned for that. We'll also have a sneak peek on the main feed, so you know when it comes out. And, of course, while we're in our off-season, you can head to our Patreon and get weekly bonus episodes, Uh, we have some new merch coming out over a break, and much, much more. All of that at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. One of our newer perks is that we'll actually name a character after you. And this week, I'm excited to say we have a few patrons appearing in the episode, like Cole-Blooded, Elena Black, Shara Rosachan, Daryl Colosi, Artal, or Dylan Knowles, Danielle Schistler, Garrett Lane, and TJ Murphy. So, listen closely, you might hear their names pop up. And I want to give a huge shout-out to this week's patrons, and that means Will Fields, German Panther Commander, Joshua Bowman, Zabdiel, Carrot McFall, The Son Named Set, Nick Sisti, Katie Scoopin, Raven Kane, Aaron Walpole, and Chris Thomas. Thanks, guys. You keep the show running and help us do what we do. That is all I have for you. So, without further ado, enjoy our season finale. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number. SCP-083-D. Object Class. Decommissioned. Special Containment Procedures. See Addendum 083-D-1. Description. SCP-083 appears to be a Caucasian male aged between 20 and 26. Black hair, brown eyes, and 1.83 meters, 6 feet tall. Most often wears unremarkable clothing. Subject has identified himself by the name Duke. However, he does not mind being called SCP-083, or simply 83, by personnel. He spends most of his time wandering the ground of sight or in the recreation room, making conversation with the staff. 
SCP-083 has no physical need to eat, although he often orders food. He seems to prefer meat, and several commonly known brands of confectionery have been ordered. Subject has no need to sleep, either, but still requested a bed for his containment area. When asked about this, he replied, I feel like laying down sometimes. I don't think that there's anything unusual about that. Staff interacting with SCP-083 have often reported him as genial and polite to the majority of the staff, although some of the female staff have reported him to human resources for numerous counts of sexual harassment. This behavior is to be strongly discouraged, and if complaints persist, he is to be locked in his containment area permanently. When tested for intelligence with a standard IQ exam, he scored over 155 and has displayed remarkable logic and problem-solving skills, even being the cause of several breakthroughs with SCP, SCP, and SCP. When questioned about his existence prior to capture by SCP, he often claims to remember many historical events, the earliest being the execution of John Rogers in 1555. He claims to have seen if SCP-083 is not fed blood every 12 hours, subject will become highly enraged and aggressive, attempting to break out of his containment. The sole successful attempt resulted in 11 staff fatalities. This seems to be a sort of self-preservation instinct, much like that of an animal deprived of food, only on a much greater scale. When in this state, SCP-083 will actively seek out humans and attempt to feed off of them. Subject can only be pacified if he can find a human fitting his standards for blood. See document 083-ABO-C. When he finds a satisfactory food source, subject will become cannibalistic, completely consuming it if it is human, or if the blood is found in a pack, he will merely drain it. Upon sating his hunger, subject falls into a comatose state for roughly 12 hours, and the feeding schedule must be recentered around this new cycle. When questioned about these rages, he claims to have no memory and refuses to speak of it at one occasion even becoming violent. When submitted to a polygraph test, SCP-083 seems to have a regenerative property similar to that of SCP-076 and will regenerate even upon apparent death. Addendum. Those with level two security clearance should see documents 083-ABO-C and document 25-083-076. Document 083-ABO-C. Experiment C. Blood. In this test, SCP-083 was given several different kinds of blood without his knowledge. Given. Blood type O. Reaction. Became enraged. Subsequently given normal blood dosage. Given. Blood from a non-virgin. Reaction. Became enraged. Subsequently given normal blood dosage. Given. Blood from a male virgin. Reaction. SCP-083 looked around confused, looked directly into the security camera and scowled, as though he were the victim of a practical joke, drank the rest of the blood with no ill effects. This is still not recommended, as SCP-083 becomes sullen and withdrawn until his next feeding. Given blood from a rape victim who, otherwise, was a virgin. Reaction. Data expunged. Those with level 4 security clearance, please see document 25-083-076. Document 25-083-076. At the containment area 25, by the means of the blood given to him in test 083-C, subject became immediately enraged, displaying a level of anger previously unrecorded. Subject proceeded to break out of his containment area, which unfortunately coincided with SCP-076-2 showing signs of movement. When SCP-076-2 became active, security personnel were unable to deal with both threats, and the containment situation on SCP-076-2 and SCP-083 failed, prompting High Command to send reinforcements. During this time, allowing SCP-083 to find a suitable source of food, Dr who was promptly killed and consumed. Recovered security footage from 12 hours later shows that SCP-083 regained consciousness as High Command began to initiate detonation of the on-site warhead due to SCP-076-2's still continuing escape attempt. At this point, all non-combative personnel had been evacuated from Containment Area 25, as were most of the transportable SCPs. SCP-083 broke into the containment chamber of the now-lost SCP. 
which had been deemed too hazardous to transport, and proceeded to wield it as a weapon. This action, however rash, allowed him to... He succeeded in occupying SCP-076-2 for a period long enough to allow the evacuation of the remainder of the security forces until the on-site warhead was detonated and... Later, SCP-083 was questioned regarding this incident. Begin log. For future reference, I must ask, where are you from? Out of space, of course. Please, be serious for the interview. Oh, you caught me. I'm actually from Earth. I need you to be more specific. Well, on a universal scale, Earth is very specific. Subject avoids the question for a period of time before Dr. Bluedead is forced into a different line of questioning. Next question. Why did you decide to break into the containment area of SCP-4? and begin fighting with SCP-762. I thought your security people might need help escaping. Shouldn't I get some kind of metal? I mean, using a cater-level SCP as a weapon, putting myself in harm's way, and not even attempting to escape. It all sounds heroic enough to me. <sighs> Next question. Dr. Bluted is interrupted by SCP-083. The Congressional Medal of Honor will do nicely. Are you aware of the current situation with SCP-762? No. Please enlighten me. Data expunged. Data expunged. Data expunged. End log. Addendum 083-D-1. Reports involving SCP-083's termination are currently under review. 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 On an investigation was launched into the continued viability of SCP-083. Several factors were taken into account, such as the relative danger involved in sustained containment and cost-benefit of the costly procurement of virgin blood on a regular basis. In conclusion, a unanimous decision to terminate SCP-083 was made amongst the O5 and handed down to Site-19 administrators. After researching the difficulties involved in terminating a regenerating, superhuman, and potential Keter object, the termination was set in motion. The man chosen for the task was an old standby, a man of great experience and expertise in the elimination of humanoid SCP objects of great destructive potential. Known for his clean, almost surgical method, he was quickly approved to carry out the termination. Unfortunately, he was not available. Despite urging from peers and subordinates, Dr. Kondraki was chosen to perform the termination. After giving himself the proper clearance and approval to do so through a loophole he had found in relevant regulations, O5 grudgingly accepted his self-appointment. O58 assuaged the board's fears with Dr. Kondraki's impressive credentials and claimed that given such an important responsibility, he might finally take his position seriously. It should be noted here that 05-8 was a new appointment and had been present for the previous disciplinary actions involving the senior doctor. Included below are the relevant logs and documentation concerning the Duke termination. Note, for information involving the collateral damages sustained during the termination, see document 083-DKK. Containment Log 083-DK Dr. Kondraki enters SCP-083's containment, carries a folding table and two chairs with him, proceeds to set up all three, as originally planned, taking a seat on one end. Well, isn't this a nice little accommodation? They treat you well, Duke. Real well for something off a Bram Stoker novel. SCP-083 takes the seat across from him. Well, I must be doing something right, Doctor. You know, come to think of it, I don't think I've seen you around Site-19. <laughs> Good! You shouldn't have. Now, let's get on with this interview already. I've got better things to do than chat with a bloodsucker. <laughs> I'm not calling you on your diet, am I? Besides, I asked for the interview. And as you know, I do get what I want. 
Sure, sure. Although, I remember you request a woman. Hope you're not too disappointed, Count. Dr. Kondraki proceeds to light a cigarette and produces a container of a specially treated fluid. In the pre-termination report, Dr. Kondraki did not specify the contents for security reasons. I can't say I'm pleased to accept a brutish specimen of humanity such as yourself over a lovely morsel of femininity. Don't worry. I'll just have to make it up with Miss... Once we're finished here... Dr. Kondraki proceeds to unscrew the top from the container and sets it to the side. SCP-083 appears to recoil from the smell. Agent Elena Black stepped forward to frisk Dr. Kondraki. She swiftly liberated a handgun from Kondraki's person. Sorry, sir, this isn't authorized. Right, whatever. So, why don't you tell me about yourself, Drac? Are you the mystical force of darkness that plagues the psyche of humanity? Or are you just a spoiled man-child playing vampire? SCP-083 is seen giving Dr. Kondraki an annoyed look. I don't think I like your attitude, Doctor. Or your lack of respect. Dr. Kondraki blows smoke in SCP-083's direction. Funny! I don't recall giving a shit. Dr. Kondraki proceeds to grab the container and splash the liquid onto SCP-083, far before containment teams and backup agents could get into position. What? The fuck did you splash me with? Cat urine and garlic juice, bad boy, with a bit of silver nitrate. Dr. Kondraki flips the collapsible table up into SCP-083 and grabs a firearm from under the table, muttering about always keeping a backup. He discharges his handgun seven times into SCP-083's chest and neck before producing a wooden stake from his lab coat. The bullets were confirmed to be comprised of a silver alloy. None of these actions had been planned or approved. <laughs> Cross that off the list of things I've always wanted to do. Post-incident interview DK-083. Interviewer, Dr. Rosie Chan. Interviewee, Dr. Kondraki. At what point did you conclude that SCP-083 might be vulnerable to the same weaknesses of a stereotypical vampire, despite no previous evidence? Uh, honestly, I was guessing. I figured either it worked and I got done early enough to catch some lunch, or uh, I'd have to think fast before he killed me. Think fast? That's it? Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else, so I decided to play it by ear. You're saying you made it up as you went along? Isn't that grossly irresponsible, considering SCP-083's capabilities? He's dead, ain't he? I don't have to explain myself if I get the job done. Alright, fair enough. But I have to wonder about one more thing. Shoot! Why cat urine? Well, if I was wrong and it didn't work, he'd still be the one covered in cat piss. <laughs> didn't think he'd take offense like he did, though. Excerpt from Post-Incident Interview 083-963-21. After reviewing the logs, do you think Kondraki acted recklessly? Dr. Bright does not immediately respond. Dr. Bright? This... <laughs> this, this tape is undoctored? <laughs> that is correct, Dr. Bright. <sighs> Dr. Bright shows signs of agitation, swearing in several different languages, and throwing equipment about the room. Dr. Bright, what's the matter? Not only did I bet that asshole five grand that he wouldn't be able to throw cat's piss at 083, but he didn't even have the good grace to die during the termination. Do you realize how much I'm going to lose from paying out on that? God damn. At this point in the logs, we are unsure how Dr. Kondraki survived the following moments after the failed termination due to the destruction of all surveillance equipment beforehand. Security cameras outside of SCP-083's containment show Dr. Kondraki and SCP-083 exiting the containment approximately half an hour later. Forensic examination of the damages incurred within the containment are underway. Regardless, a red alert was issued and security teams were dispatched to contain SCP-083 and get Dr. Kondraki to safety, including Mobile Strike Force Row 2 Hawthorne's heroes. As hindsight shows, it would have been more economical to have just shot Dr. Kondraki. 
Excerpt from Post-Incident Interview 083-KPC-13. It really was a pity about all 83. I had a couple of things I wanted to do with him. Like stick him in 914 on various settings and see what happened, or how exactly he regenerated from decapitation, or how he reacted to 217, or if he'd be a good organ donor, or if he was... Uh, sir, could you... Please just answer the question. Oh, yes. Well, Dr. Kondraki seems to get by in these sorts of situations. <laughs> a master of pulling it out of his ass, so to speak. So would you label him as reckless, then? Yes, without a doubt. Uh-huh. So he's a potential liability. Oh, I never said that. Granted, he's about as inaccurate as a faulty hand grenade or something of that ilk. The only safe place to be around him is probably inside him or something. But... He gets things done. At the expense of everyone and everything around him not sturdy enough to withstand the blast. The interviewer remains silent. What? He does. Hey everyone, Pacific again, here with a quick ad break. And now, enjoy the rest of the show. Security Log, C-083-K. Dr. Kondraki exits down hallway R-14 while SCP-083 pursues. Severe damage caused due to blindness inflicted by Dr. Kondraki's anomalous camera, which caused considerable thrashing until regeneration could set in. SCP-083 recovers and pursues Dr. Kondraki further into the central containment areas. Dr. Kondraki, with a small lead, is able to enter non-sentient object containment and makes his way past two armed guards by flashing his ID. SCP-083 enters non-sentient containment, kills and drains several nearby researchers, searches for Dr. Kondraki within the area, resulting in further casualties. Dr. Kondraki accesses a safe within containment, removes a circular object, and retreats from containment back into hallway R-17. SCP-083 continues to pursue and appears to take chase. Moments later, a flash of light is seen by a camera down the hall, and a bright, disc-like object impacts SCP-083. SCP-083 loses his leg and falters. Dr. Kondraki stops to observe the damage as the disc, confirmed to be SCP-388, continues through Site-19 and eventually comes to rest two kilometers away from the research facility. Dr. Kondraki approaches SCP-083 with a firearm drawn. SCP-083 begins to regenerate and stands up while bracing against the nearby wall. Dr. Kondraki is seen speaking before taking off down hallway Y-8. SCP-083 follows shortly after, hopping on one leg until the other regenerates. Seen screaming curses. Log ends. Audio log 083-D-K-4 Well, at least you got a leg to stand on, Count. I'm going to kill you slowly when I get my hands on you. What was that? I couldn't hear over all that arterial spurting. You don't even know what kind of shitstorm you've gotten yourself into, human. But I'm going to kill you and destroy everything you hold dear. Hey, you know if this vampire thing doesn't work out, you'd make a great pirate. In about five seconds, my leg is going to regenerate, and I'm going to tear you to pieces. Break a leg, Drac. Dr. Kondraki departs. I'll tear a chunk out of you for every one of those stupid retorts! Every single one! It was at this point, as Dr. Kondraki exited the area with SCP-083 in pursuit, that MTF-R2 arrived to attempt to restore containment of Duke. The termination attempt had been considered a failure by command, and the orders were limited to damage control. Unfortunately, the other security teams were still en route and were never able to assist MCFR2. If the order hadn't gone out to evacuate all Euclid objects from the sector, they might have been able to. Security Log Y-083-K Dr. Kondraki makes it to a three-way intersection before SCP-083 begins to catch up. A forklift moving a large metal box is moving up the incline directly to Dr. Kondraki's right. SCP-083 rounds the corner, but impacts the forklift, which had been maneuvered to block the hall. Dr. Kondraki is seen at the door of a central staircase. At this time, 
they were on the 15th floor of the facility. SCP-083 proceeds to throw the metal box in a fit of frustration before beginning to move the forklift. Dr. Kondraki flees down the staircase. The metal box opens as it impacts the ceiling, and a large, disheveled ball of metal objects is dislodged and begins rolling down the incline. MTF-R-2 arrives by way of the central staircase to SCP-083's current location. Dr. Kondraki passes MTF-R-2. Contact with MTF-R-2 lost. Excerpt from post-incident interview 083-CLEF-01. Seriously? No mistakes? I can't really see that Dr. Kondraki made any mistakes in his termination protocol up to this point. No. Seriously? None at all. He had a primary kill mechanism, backup plan, and a tertiary plan as well. The fact that his plan didn't survive the first contact with the enemy wasn't his fault. The deaths of MTF Row 2 were a sad and unforeseeable consequence of the Euclid-class SCIPs being moved. I see. So, tell me, Dr. Clef, what if all of this wasn't part of some plan, and he'd been making it up as he went along? <laughs> well, in that case, sir, I'd say that Dr. Kondraki was a suicidal fool, but he certainly wouldn't have. Interviewer Colosi does not respond. Dr. Clef stops laughing and becomes serious. He did? I have here a copy of Dr. Kondraki's termination procedure proposal. Uh, step one is his plan to use cat urine and a pistol loaded with silver bullets. Backup plans two, three, four, and five are listed as, and I quote, wing it, make something up, cross that bridge when I come to it, and put my head between my knees and kiss my ass goodbye. Dr. Clef becomes agitated and begins swearing. Mobile Task Force Row 2's Combat Log We're coming up the staircase now, to SCP-083's last known location. Sounds of a struggle are coming from above. Our intel must be spot on. He really screwed the pooch on this one. Garlic piss. Where does he get that? Quite on the approach, Six. Sir, incoming subject, humanoid. It's... he's in a lab coat. It's not Duke. He's running straight at us, sir. Neutralize him? Ready subdermal electro-neutralizers on my... What the hell is that noise? Fuck, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, damn it, shit, fuck. Get the hell out of the way. Run for your fucking lives. He's taking off down the stairs. Must have been Dr. Kondraki. But I don't see SCP-083. No contact on Duke. Continue up the- What the hell is that? It's massive. Open fire. Open fire. Unintelligible screams can be heard. He just crushed him. Get out of here. Get- Screams continue before audio cuts out. It was at this point that Command began to realize that SCP-083 wasn't the only threat to Site-19 during this incident. Although at this point in time SCP-083 had caused the death of 17 personnel, Dr. Kondraki had been involved in three cases of containment failure. Most of these personnel had been minor employees, making their loss minor in comparison. MTFR2 would be found by site security teams at the bottom of the staircase, completely entangled in SCP-162, with several already having been crushed to death or bled out due to numerous lacerations. Containment of SCP-083 was quickly becoming a distant possibility, and Dr. Kondraki had vanished from visual contact. At the same time, another SCP had breached containment on the opposite side of the facility, and the chaos made details scarce. Meanwhile, SCP-083 was on a rampage trying to locate the doctor. Command was in disarray, and a choice would have to be made soon. It wasn't soon enough. Excerpt from post-incident interview 083-Aratol-42. And so you're of the opinion Dr. Kondraki handled things recklessly? Oh, yes, definitely. Would you call him a potential liability? Obviously. He's just a danger walking around. I see. Well, 
Then, Doctor, I... I mean, look at him. The guy's a lunatic. And one given far too much power. All right. Then... Clearly he needs to be removed from his post. Probably terminated. Dr. Aratal, that is no... Now, see, this leaves a slight opening. Head of research at Site-17. Nice job. Now, you see, with him gone, we need someone. Reliable. To take his place. The interviewer stumbles for words. Before they can respond, Dr. Aratal continues. And I think I'm just the person to do it. I'm reliable, hardworking, good at hand-to-hand, intelligent, mostly sane, good at organizing. I know over 40 kinds of improvised explosives. That's I... quite enough, Dr. Aratal. I believe our interview's over. Inter- interview? You mean, all this was recorded? Yes. And Kondraki will be able to see this? Possibly. Dr. Aratol is silent for a long time. I need to go write my will. Security Log, C-083-K. Visual contact resumed with Dr. Kondraki, seen breaking into a testing lab on the seventh floor. Takes possession of an experimental high-tension cable constructed from SCP-143 alloy with carbon nanostructures. SCP-083 seen arriving on the seventh floor in pursuit of Dr. Kondraki. Security teams arrive to contain SCP-083 but fail to make an impact. Teams 4, 8, and 14 are wiped out. SCP-083 continues on his path. Dr. Kondraki recovers and dons a pair of Converse sneakers recovered from safe object containment. Dr. Kondraki appears to move at an accelerated pace, exits containment sector, heading down hallway D3. SCP-083 continues pursuit of Dr. Kondraki, ruining the containment sector. Is unable to catch Dr. Kondraki due to his enhanced speed, but is able to make up time by bypassing walls in his path, physically. Dr. Kondraki begins to move towards the Keter containment sector, his clearance bypassing the automated security systems. Proceeds to next checkpoint. All mobile task forces are alerted to the situation. SCP-083 is slowed by the security checkpoints and further resistance by site security. SCP-083's regeneration is able to keep up with any wounds inflicted. Site put on full alert, and all forces are redirected to Keter containment. Dr. Kondraki continues to pass through checkpoints, arrives in a large containment room with a single door opposite to the entrance. Dr. Kondraki's security clearance is unable to clear the last checkpoint. He pulls an object from his coat, resembling a conical object with a pistol grip. SCP-083 arrives in the room, looks confused, proceeds into the center of the room. Dr. Kondraki no longer visible. SCP-083 approaches the lone door. Dr. Kondraki's voice is detected. Appearance of SCP-408 reveals him standing near the entrance to the room. A verbal exchange is observed before Dr. Kondraki speaks into the handheld object. Visuals confirm it to be a megaphone of insignificant make. Tremors begin to rock the area, and several stress fractures are opened on the wall with the door. Containment of Keter Level Threat SCP-682 Compromised Excerpt from Post-Incident Interview 083-DrGears-62 Reckless is a relative term. Viewed purely from the vantage point of a termination test carried out against a nearly invulnerable humanoid SCP object. Dr. Kondraki's test achieved only a low to medium degree of collateral damage. So you feel that Dr. Kondraki's actions were acceptable? He achieved his intended goal. However, the loss of manpower, multiple containment breaches, widespread damage to Site-19 and a general lack of planning represent a gross oversight on the part of Dr. Kondraki. Demolishing a good chunk of a site is a little more than oversight in planning. Sir, if I may say, I think we're focusing on the wrong direction. We assume that Dr. Kondraki is a loose cannon, a person who is reckless and puts zero foresight into anything he does. However, this is a narrow and dangerous assumption. What are you talking about? The human brain has a tendency to view highly complex and rapid patterns as random events. I believe that Dr. Kondraki used the termination of SCP-083 as an excuse, and the resulting highly destructive chase and containment breaches as a distraction. So, you're saying he planned it? Not in the traditional sense. 
to use a mathematical example, he started with the solution and worked backwards to create the problem. The multiple containment failures, the evacuation of items, SCP-083 and its attacks on site staff, all these stretch the resources of Site-19 to a dangerously thin level. This allowed him to achieve what I hypothesize to be his true goal. Which would be... To ride SCP-682. Excerpt from post-incident interview 083-clef-01. Wait, what? Audio log C-682-K. Well, 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 look where we've ended up now, Duke. <laughs> any guesses as to what's behind door number one? I couldn't give any less of a damn. Because all I know is that I cut off the entrance to this area as I came in. You're trapped in here, Doctor. Trapped with me. And I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. <laughs> I figure you'd do something like that. I'll admit... This wasn't the best place to make a tactical retreat, but I do still have my trump. And what's that? Those stupid butterflies? You can't hide forever, and I will find you. Oh god, I cannot wait to see your face. Dr. Kondraki gestures to the megaphone he is holding. <laughs> but first, why don't we invite our friend out from his little room? Dr. Kondraki begins screaming a series of obscenities into the megaphone. SCP-083 attempts to cover his ears to no effect. What are you? Roars and sounds of buckling metal and cracking concrete fill the air. SCP-083 looks behind him. You! You son of a- Transmission was lost due to structural damage. It was at this point that Command for Site-19 made the decision to quarantine all of Sector 3 for floors 7 through 15, sealing it from top to bottom within the premises. With SCP-682 on the loose, SCP-083 still a threat, and Dr. Kondraki still breathing, it was hoped that the three would end up killing each other. With the survivor being significantly weakened by the preceding brawl, containment teams would move in to restore order. There were several unforeseen issues with this plan, namely not accounting for SCP-682, who was contained in the sector on a purely temporary basis, or Dr. Kondraki's ingenuity. If it had taken such things into consideration, it would have been wise to have suggested the use of nuclear weaponry. Security Log, C-682-K. Dr. Kondraki is able to escape the initial charge of SCP-682 as it plows through the room, disappearing once again in a cloud of SCP-408. SCP-083 is seen engaging SCP-682, looking severely damaged from the assault, but rapid regeneration is already observed, helping him recover. SCP-083 is seen attempting to speak to SCP-682. SCP-682 pauses for a moment and speaks for a moment. Without warning, SCP-682 strikes at SCP-083 and tosses him across the room while severing two of his arms and one leg. SCP-083 attempts to retreat and regenerate, but is unable to make distance between himself and SCP-682. SCP-682 devours SCP-083 whole. No activity until a large rearing motion is made on his back. Dr. Kondraki is seen now on the back of SCP-682, holding two ends of the high-tension cable he had recovered earlier. The rest was fitted into an improvised set of reins. Dr. Kondraki is observed riding SCP-682 while hollering something and waving his hat with his free hand. SCP-682 enters an enraged state and makes a powerful charge towards the entrance. It easily plows through the obstructions made by SCP-083 and then through the ceiling walls. Dr. Kondraki and SCP-682 have breached quarantine. Full evacuation protocols now in motion. It was obvious at this point that things had truly escalated out of control. SCP-083 had been presumed neutralized, yes, but at the cost of releasing SCP-682 into Site-19 without proper personnel to enact containment procedures. Much like causing a flood to put out a kitchen fire, Dr. Kondraki's actions would put the entirety of Site-19 in grave danger. 
most of the site's personnel had already been fully evacuated, while emergency teams attempted to stem the losses and mitigate what damages they could. The entire situation had become an unmanageable mess. Ironically, that's the exact kind of mess that Dr. Kondraki excels at managing. Security Log C-682-19-K Dr. Kondraki stays atop SCP-682 for the duration, holding on despite the rapid jerking motions made by SCP-682 during its run. SCP-682 begins to adapt, as seen in previous observations, having incurred noticeable damage in its attempts to break through various obstacles. Spikes of a bone-like material begin to shoot up from its back in an attempt to harm or kill Dr. Kondraki. Dr. Kondraki incurs several wounds in this manner, able to avoid most of the protrusions. He attempts to make a hard turn by pulling against the cables, and is able to direct SCP-682 from his course. SCP-682 continues to charge forward, now directed towards the personnel dormitories. During its dash, SCP-682 breaks through SCP-173's containment. At this time, both SCP-682 and Dr. Kondraki are observed to keep direct eye contact with SCP-173, despite each continuing their attempts to outmaneuver the other. Dr. Kondraki is observed to speak to SCP-682, and a series of growls are recorded matching SCP-682's voice. SCP-682 begins to crash its back into walls and ceilings, trying to crush the doctor. The apparent conversation continues. Dr. Kondraki appears to laugh, and then makes another harsh tug. He redirects SCP-682 once more to the personnel cafeteria after checking a device on his wrist. SCP-682 crashes through the second quarantine divider and arrives in the personnel sector. Dr. Kondraki waits until SCP-682 arrives in the cafeteria. Holding onto the cables, he vaults forward with tremendous force, swinging up and over SCP-682's head. SCP-682 now attempts to bite down on Dr. Kondraki as he scrambles to sit in a lone chair placed at the end of a table. Dr. Kondraki vanishes from visual contact as SCP-682 devours him. SCP-682 continues to cause further structural damage, begins advancing toward current evacuation zone. Audio Log 682-K You really hold a grudge, don't you? Yeah, you are by far the most annoying of your species I have ever encountered. Killing you will be a favor for your whole reality. Don't need to do me any favors, Godzilla. Since you made lunch of the vampire, won't just let me off and we call things square. Sounds of crunching concrete and stressed metal is heard. Guess that's not an option. How about you just uh, take me to my ride and... I'll get out of your hair. Not only the most annoying, but the most lacking of common sense. Uh, the only way this ends is with you dead and rotting faster than you already are. Uh, Fair enough. Let's try that. Uh, that may be the first thing I've ever heard from one of you repulsive things that I've agreed with. The sound of metal scraping against enamel cancels out any conversation. A sickening snap of SCP-682's jaws concludes the recording. Evacuation Log S-E-19 Removal of safe and Euclid items from Site-19 continue. Transport to helipads A through E for temporary off-site containment goes well despite the current chaos. For the sake of relevance, this log has been redacted to focus on SCP-298 and the events in Hallway D-17. Several Level 1 personnel are used to transport SCP-298 due to its large size. The width of SCP-298 takes up most of the hallway. One of the personnel is seated on top of SCP-298 as it is carried, Mach playing the organ. Audio logs confirm that the seated employee had won some form of bet previous to the incident. An explosion occurs elsewhere, causing a tremor. Several personnel falter, and SCP-298 is dropped. An odd sound is heard and noticed by several of the men. The sound is now confirmed to be that of displaced air. The personnel move to the back of the organ as they begin to hear a struggle. Dr. Kondraki is spotted, having incurred several injuries. Making a leap, he bounds over SCP-298. SCP-083 is also spotted, covered in unknown fluid. 
He rounds the corner after Dr. Kondreki, but only spots several personnel and the organ, seen speaking. Dr. Kondreki directs the man next to him to begin playing. Audio log C-298-K-083. Where is he? You, you must have seen him. Tell me where he is, and I might not kill all of you. Who? Uh, that, that crazy guy that just ran past? He's, he's buying this thing. Good. Maybe I'll even add you to my security detail. What an honor that would be. What the hell is that sound? Bach. It's Bach. I like to call it Sucks to Be You Overture. What? Uh, is that my blood? What are you doing to my blood? Should I keep playing, sir? Don't you dare stop, not even for a moment. S- stop! I'll do whatever you want! Anything! Just stop playing that thing! I, I can't... <laughs> so I was right. You can't regenerate your blood. I, I, I don't want to die. I shouldn't have to die. Not me. I'm not like you. Everybody dies, Duke. Just matter who dies on a given day. And today is your lucky day. Son of a... At this point, SCP-083 seemingly expires. Security log, S-E-19. SCP-083's blood is drained from his body by the effect of SCP-298's music. It forms into a solid gel in the air, appearing as branches of a leafless tree. Dr. Kondraki moves from SCP-298's platform, instructing him to keep playing. He disappears into a room down the hall. SCP-083's blood is now completely drained, causing his desiccated corpse to fall prone. His body seems to undergo an extremely rapid decomposition, the corpse being reduced to a hollow skeleton within a minute. Dr. Kondreki returns with a glass container and instructs the player to stop. He begins to collect the gelled blood from the air, placing it into the clear container. After less than a minute, the blood liquefies. Personnel appear to lack comprehension of the event that has just occurred. Dr. Kondreki seals the container and approaches the skeleton. Retrieving the skull, he places it under his arm. Dr. Kondreki exits Site-19 via helicopter with little trouble, assumed to be part of the evac team. Personnel are still somewhat stunned. The Klaxons remind them that SCP-682 is still loose within Site-19. Excerpt from Post-Incident Interview 083-AR9-59 So you don't think that Dr. Kondraki behaved recklessly? I didn't say that, but relatively compared to some of the things he's done, at least this one almost had a plan, or some facsimile of one. <laughs> you have viewed the entirety of the logs, yes? Yeah, all of it. A few times, actually. And I had to review my favorite parts. <laughs> and you have no worries about Dr. Kondraki being a liability or a danger? Ugh, look, the man's a master of the indie ploy, and sometimes, actually... All the time, there's collateral damage, but that doesn't change the fact that he, in some bizarre way, knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And hey, if it saved my ass a few dozen times over, that doesn't hurt. So your personal opinion is that he is not a liability? Uh, not as much as Edward Effing Cullen there. I mean... I've got just as big a vampire fetish as the next girl who grew up reading Anne Rice. Hmm? Uh, come on. Plus, throwing cat pee on him? Oh, that was beautiful. And in your professional opinion, having worked with Dr. Kondraki in the past? Uh, you clearly haven't been to Site 17 lately. Professional is not my forte, or Kondraki's for that matter. Yeah, shame about Site-19, though. At least it went out in a blaze of badassery, huh? <laughs> yeah. Break room surveillance log S-17- Oh, my God. How does he keep making things worse? No idea. This thing is on a delay, too. By this time, he probably leveled the whole facility. 
Is he writing 682? I can't believe we work for this guy. I have half a mind to tell that moron off myself and resign. What are you guys watching? Nothing. Our boss wrecking the Foundation's biggest site. Can you believe that guy? Oh, that is pretty intense. Dude, might want to cut the chatter. Lay off it. It's not like he's going to know what I said. If I could get away with it, I'd terminate him my... Terminate who? I like this talk already. I... I think I've seen enough. I think I'm going to take a walk. Dibs on your seat. Anyone got popcorn? Duke Till Dawn was written by Dr. Kondraki. Our narrator is Graham Rowett. SCP-083 was Atticus Jackson. Dr. Blooded was Pacific S. Obadiah. O5-2 was Avuma Okoro. Dr. Kondraki was Jesse Hall. Agent Elena Black was Tanya Miliovic. Dr. Rosajan was Addison Peacock. Interviewer Colosi was Russell Moore. Dr. Bright was Danielle Hewitt. Professor Kane P. Crow was Fletcher Armstrong. Dr. Clef was Chris Hemphill. MTFR 2-1 was Danielle Ellett of the Good Point Podcast. MTRR 2-2 was Pacific S. Obadiah. MTFR 2-3 was Cheyenne Bramwell. MTFR 2-5 was Avumo Okoro. MTFR 2-6 was Nicole Goodnight. MTFR 2-9 was Fletcher Armstrong. Unknown was Tana Miliovic. Artal was Jimmy Furrer. Dr. Gears was Karim Cronfley. SCP-682 was Graham Rowett. Personnel 1-298-3 was Cheyenne Bramwell. Personnel 1-298-2 was Danielle Ellett of the Good Point Podcasts. Dr. Schistler was Sarah Golding. Dr. Lane was Pacific S. Obadiah. Dr. Murphy was Fletcher Armstrong. Our script curator is Jesse Hall. Our transcriber is Cheyenne Bramwell. Music is composed by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. And this week's sound designer was Jesse Hall. I'm your showrunner, Pacific S. Obadiah, and our producer is Tom Owen. For more information, visit scparchives.com. This has been a bloody disgusting show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, Nightmare on Film Street, and more. <laughs> <laughs>